Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Sahiba, and today we have a fun-filled radio show talking about On the Basis of Sex, Mary Poppins Returns, Once Upon a Deadpool, Little Wolf's Book of Badness, Nutcracker and the Four Realms, and Octonaut Season 2. And right now, I'm going to begin talking with Raquel about Mary Poppins Returns. Welcome to the show, Raquel. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course. So can you tell me a little bit about Mary Poppins and what is this film about? So Mary Poppins Returns is about how Mary Poppins returns back to, you know, the siblings, Jane and Michael Banks. And she comes back to reintroduce fun back into their lives, being as though they're adults now and they have so much stress about, you know, growing up and becoming adults and having their own family. So she comes back to teach them how to have fun and teach them about, you know, it's being okay with having a childhood. Oh, wow. That's a fun and um, different take on Mary Poppins. I've been really excited for this movie, so I'm excited to see what you have to say. And um, so how did this movie make you feel when you watched it? Um, it made me feel very happy. It was, of course, I, I watched the first Mary Poppins, so it was lots of, you know, funny memories and references, references back to the first Mary Poppins film. So I was just very happy, very excited. I had no idea that they were doing a second Mary Poppins film. So when I heard that there was a second one, I was like, yes, I have to see it for the old time's sake. Yeah, that's really amazing. I'm so excited as well. And um, so what did you think of the special effects in this film? Um, I loved it very much. The film includes various scenes where there's imagination trips. They go on, you know, trips to a cartoon world or a different reality. And I feel like the special effects were edited very smoothly. It ran smoothly. It looked great. The colors looked great and vibrant. So... They did a good job on their part. That's wonderful. Yeah, it looks very um, visually appealing just from the trailer. And, yeah, so what did you think of the music and the songs uh, in Mary Poppins? Um, A lot of the soundtrack, uh, a lot of the songs on the soundtrack stood out to me a lot. Um, I was dancing in my seat a little bit. I feel like the rest of the audience was as well. And, you know, in the first Mary Poppins film, there was iconic musical numbers. And I'm glad that they were able to recreate and live up to the standard of the first soundtrack for the first Mary Poppins film. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. It's very important, I think, also when you create sequels and remakes to keep a bit of the original. And so what did you think about the costume designs and um, the set designs? The set designs were very unique. Um, I hadn't really paid close attention to it, being as though the plot was so rich, and I loved it very much. But yes, the costumes were appropriate for the time period that they were in and the different scenes and just the overall mood. That's wonderful, yeah. And um, so what was something uh, very unique about Mary Poppins Returns? Um, something unique was that 
they dro- they dropped a lot of gems through using the musical numbers, a lot of important lessons, a lot of wholesome family lessons that everyone should know and everyone should learn. And at first they're subtle, but you know, once you go back and you're like, oh, okay, these little these little mini side happenings throughout the film tie together to one big um, theme. Oh, that's really amazing. And oh, what were some of these messages that stood out to you? Um, one message was to um, find out information for yourself about certain topics. You know, not everything. Is, don't take everything at face at face value. There's always a deeper, deeper underlying message to your experiences or to the people that you meet. So always keep an open mind. And you know, and yeah, that was one of my favorite messages that I felt applies to everybody, kids and adults. Yeah, that is a very sweet message. And so what did you think of the acting? There's quite an amazing cast in this film. Yes. Um, at first, I was like, oh, my gosh, who is going to play the um, the grown-up version of the older the, the kids from the first Mary Poppins? And I felt like the cast was very diverse, and it tied back to the old Mary Poppins film. You know, the family, they look put together like they could be an actual family. And the acting for the children was amazing. It was very great. They seemed submersed in their acting as well. Like, they almost forgot that they were just playing a part. I forgot, too. I forgot I was watching the movie. So I love the acting, acting very much, especially on the kids' part. Wow, that's so special, especially because you said that you felt like you weren't watching a movie. That's yeah. incredible. So what do you finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? I would say I recommend this film for ages 6 to 18. However, I do feel like adults are sure to enjoy this film, and I give it 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. You just made me so much more excited to watch this film and I cannot wait to see it. So thank you so much, Raquel, for talking with me about Mary Poppins Returns. No problem. I had fun. Me too. And if you're excited about this film, be sure to check it out in theaters December 19th. Um, You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about... On the basis of sex, Mary Poppins returns, Once Upon a Dead Pool, Little Wolf's Book of Badness, Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back, Nutcracker in the Four Realms, and Octonaut Season 2. And right now, I'm going to talk with Jerry about Once Upon a Dead Pool. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So can you tell me um, a little bit about this movie? I'm really curious to see um, what it's about and how they make it different from the other ones. Yeah, of course. So Once Upon a Deadpool is Deadpool 2, which released earlier this year, and they basically re-edit it in order to make it PG-13. So it releases in theaters all around the nation, and it's officially PG-13, meaning you do not need to be above 18 or whatever the rule is to have to see this film. And it's basically the same story. It's all the same characters. They have a little bit of a twist with the story in this version, but most of it is the same. And all they do is they edit it very carefully to make sure that there's no foul language, there's no explicit scenes, nothing that would make the the people who uh, rate the film a little bit upset. And that makes it PG-13. But overall, it's still a very mature film. It's Deadpool. so. You have a very parody feel of uh, action hero movies. 
you have an adventure in which Deadpool um, loses the love of, his, love of his life, and he has to kind of figure out a way to get through that and grieve. And on the way, he encounters a kid with powers that can make him destroy the world, and he forms a new family. Oh, wow. That sounds like a really fun film. And I know I watched um, the second one, but I haven't been able to see in the first to watch the first one. And so when this comes out, I'm going to be sure to check it out. And so um, I know that you went to a press junket, Jerry. So can you tell me a little bit about that and how that went? Absolutely. So that's where I was able to see the new cut version, Once Upon a Deadpool. And I was also able to talk to uh, Fred Savage. So the twist with this one is that the entire story is told by Deadpool as a bedtime story to Fred Savage. And for people who don't know, Fred Savage used to be a child actor. He still does a lot of acting, a lot of directing, but one of his earlier roles was playing the child in Princess Bride, where he was in a bed and his grandfather was telling him the story of Princess Bride. So this film decides to parody that by making it the entire story, the entire concept, Deadpool telling it to Fred Savage while he's tied up in bed. That's basically the best way to describe this film, by taking anything common in today's world and making fun of it in some way. And it does make it rather hilarious. Oh, wow. That's excellent. I do, like you said, I love movies that um, are able to add that humor to like regular action films. And that's one reason I find Deadpool so funny. But um, so I think you were able to interview um, Fred Savage. Can you tell me also a little bit about that interview and um, what you were able to learn from him? Um, it, Fred was really funny. He basically acted the entire time and talked about how he was kidnapped by Deadpool and how he was forced to read a story. And one of the interesting things that I do want to mention that he did talk about separate from the story of the film itself and the world of the film is that there is a positive side of this film. They are doing a charity event. Uh, it used to be named something different. They renamed it for the PG-13 film. It's called Fudge Cancer. And what basically happens is every time somebody buys a ticket, they donate a dollar to charity, and so if 100,000 people buy a ticket, that's $100,000, and it can add up really, really quickly. And that was kind of cool. I felt like it's great that they had a wonderful influence in this film, and something that I also found funny is Fred Savage isn't the only big star that kind of pops in randomly. You also have T.J. Miller, you have Brad Pitt, you have Terry Crews, you have Matt Damon, and these are really, really big names, and most of them are cameos where they stay there for like five to ten seconds, they get killed somehow, and they make fun of that. So there's a lot of those little things in this film that you don't really notice at first, but are really interesting to look at. Wow, yeah, that is very funny. And um, that also, I think, makes Deadpool even more funnier. But I'm really excited to watch this um, after talking to you. Um, So... Finally, after watching um, Once Upon a Deadpool, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? I would give it four out of five stars. I think it's a really entertaining film, and I think that it could improve a little bit in the editing. They re-chopped it a lot to get it down to PG-13, and it does look a little bit awkward at times. I also feel that you can see it's 20th Century Fox CGI. It doesn't look like your standard Marvel film. And I also feel that for the age range, despite them making it PG-13, I don't really think it's that more appropriate for kids. Of course, they don't show anything because they're not allowed, but a lot of things are hinted at, and it's not that hard to understand what's being hinted at. So for that reason, I would have to give an age rating of 15 to 18. 
Okay, I see. I'm so happy I was able to talk to you about this because I learned so much and I wasn't, I was trying to see what is Once Upon a Deadpool and it really helped me understand. I've gained so much knowledge from this interview. So thank you so much, Jerry, for talking with me. It was such a pleasure. Of course, it was nice talking to you. Of course. So um, please check out Once Upon a Ti- Once Upon a Deadpool and I will for sure. So be sure to check it out in theaters. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You to the Moon and Back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Mary Poppins Returns and Once Upon a Deadpool, and next we'll be talking with Michelle about On the Basis of Sex. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So this movie um, seems really interesting, and I'm um, really curious to see what you have to say. So can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, so it's pretty much about, uh, it's a biopic because there was a documentary before, um, but it's pretty much about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and it's about how she started her first day at Harvard Law, and of course, since she's a woman, you know, the law firm is definitely something that's very male-dominated, so um, everybody was just picking on her, and just straight out, you know, gender discrimination, and that's pretty much what the film is all about, and her coming... um, uh, going through these, like she she ignores everything that people are picking on her and proves everybody wrong, pretty much. And ever since she's been seen as this feminist icon because she became this amazing justice. Wow, yeah, I remember um, RPG is a very inspirational lady. And so um, how did watching this biopic make you feel? I think it's so empowering, especially since, and it's, it, you know, it's a lot it it's very good in today's you know um 
in, t- in modern day and culture and everything that they're making a movie about this because now feminism, I think it's coming up again and it's becoming a major topic. So this is just, you know, right on time. And it's just very empowering to see, you know, a woman against so many men that are picking on her do what they seemed was impossible. And she just stands as a great feminist icon for everybody. Yeah, I completely agree. When I saw this movie, I was like, wow, this is really prevalent in society today and it'll make a pretty big impact. So what did you think of um, the acting? Do you think the um, actress lived up to Armichi? I think she did a pretty good job. I was actually very concerned about the choice of um, of the actors, even though I am a big fan of Felicity Jones and Army Hammer. I love them. Um, it's definitely a, a pair that I would never imagine put together. <laughs> but um, I think they both did an incredible job and she did play her very, very well. That's wonderful. Yeah, I know. Army Hammer coming in this movie is just surprising for me. Mm. But um. So what did you think of the set designs and the costumes? It's um, from the 19, late 1900s, so it's a bit different, right? Yeah, I think it's so, I love, I think they did the set design, costuming everything perfect to the T as far as um, the timeline goes and everything. It's just so nice and almost like very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, and so um, create this important discussion. So that's really wonderful. And so what did you think of um, the makeup and the costumes? I love it. I love everything. Everything was like done very, very well. And again, like pretty much exactly to its time period. It doesn't look off or anything. I feel like everybody's looks, everything looks cohesive with the film, especially the writing too. Uh, Everything just looks very, very good as far as aesthetics go. Yeah, that's really important. And so you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about, on the basis of sex, Mary Poppins Returns, Once Upon a Deadpool, Nutcracker and the Four Realms, Octonaut Season 2, Little Book. Little Wolf's Book of Badness, and guess how much I love you, Christmas to the Moon and Back. And right now I'm going to continue talking with Michelle about On the Basis of Sex. So um, I know you just mentioned um, that everything came together very cohesively, and you also mentioned the writing. So um, can you expand a little bit about how the writing helped and contributed to the movie? I loved it. I it's def, it's very compelling. I'm somebody that doesn't know much about law. I wish I did, but they didn't make it so dramatic and formal enough to like you won't be able to understand. So I really appreciated that. I still understood everything that was going on and everything and just especially whenever she would be in the courtroom, it's just everything was just I don't know, like groundbreaking for me. Everything that she said was just like you know, I'm like nodding my head too. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And so um, did you have uh, a particular part that you really, really loved? Um, honestly, I can't pick a specific scene. Just for me, whenever she has those conversations with the men that are constantly picking on her and she proves them wrong, I just, like, I can, it's hard to say because I don't want to give anything away, but it's just, uh, like those moments of, of just empowerment and just giving them the feeling that they can't be a little hurt because she just knows so much. It's just, I don't know, I loved it. It was amazing. 
<laughs> that is amazing. And so did you like the way um, that they told the story and the sort of parts of her life that they focused on? I think it was pretty good. I mean, for me, I read up a little bit on her before I watched the film just to get a little bit of a backstory and to see how accurate it was going to be. And I think it was pretty accurate. I think even Ruth herself came out and said that she was very impressed and and she she felt really good about the movie and everything was exactly how she described it to be. So, yeah, I personally love that about the film. Yeah, that's always um, important to have to stay true to the story and biopics and so was there anything at all that you disliked or maybe they could have improved a little more on mm, I don't I actually can't think of anything right off the bat um, to be honest I don't maybe maybe the actors I don't know I still I'm still very like I think Felicity Jones like pulled her off really well but like just seeing I feel like there wasn't a lot of chemistry between her and Army Hammer but I might be one of the few people that think that I don't know I just found it like kind of weird to pair them up together <laughs> but that's like, the only thing I could possibly pick on for the film okay that's good though I mean if there's not too many faults that's a really good thing <laughs> So, um, did you have um, a favorite character in this film? I know they're all real, so you can't exactly say characters, but did anyone stand out to you? I'd probably just say the main character, Ruth herself. I don't. I just found her fascinating, and again, like I didn't know much about her before the movie, and just having seen her brought uh, seen her brought to life in the film was. I don't know. I feel like I respect her and almost know her on like a, a whole other level. And it's definitely something that I'm going to have to keep in mind, you know, forever. Yeah, for sure. And so how did um, watching this um, sort of inspire you or how was it personal to you? For me, I'm definitely, well, it's, it's very hard. I'm in the film industry. I'm studying film and I've been doing film production for years. And, and it's another industry that's very male dominated. Uh, dominated and it's it's kind of I mean nowadays it's a, there's a lot of females getting into the production industry but it's still very male dominated um you don't see a lot of female directors so for me like being able to see this movie was definitely one of those moments of like wow I can do this if she can do it then I can too so um just the fact that they're giving or they gave her a chance and it just gave me inspiration and just the hope that they could give a lot more females a chance to in the film industry. And hopefully I'm one of them. <laughs> wow, of course. I, you're going to do awesome. And that's um, very amazing, um, your story and how RBG is able to inspire, I think, many ladies all over the country and even the world. And um, so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? I think this is definitely a movie for 13 and up, and I would give it a four out of five stars. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for talking with me, Michelle, about um, On the Basis of Sex. I had a very awesome time speaking with you and learning all about this film. So thank you again. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So be sure to check out this film in theaters on Christmas Day. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You to the Moon and Back. It's- 
Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking about a lot of great films, including All the Faces of Sex, Mary Poppins Returns, Once Upon a Deadpool, and now we're going to be talking to Zoe, who is 10 years old and from beautiful Miami, about Nutcracker and the Four Realms. How are you doing, Zoe? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. So let's just jump into it. What did you think about the new addition to the Nutcracker cinematic series? I think that this story is simple, but it has a very powerful um, concept. And I really, the sets were stunning. And like once you, when you were seeing this film, you didn't want to leave the theater or you just wanted to see it again. And I truly... Um, like this film has the power of captivating you, and there were some moments where I was kind of afraid, and other I was delighted and amused. So I thought that this film was just amazing. You know, it definitely looks really interesting to me. It's something that I really thought was compelling about it, based off the pictures and trailers I saw, was the costumes look really intricate and complex. So, what were your opinions on the costumes of the characters? I think that the costumes were amazing. Um, I heard that Sugar Plum's dress was made out of some fans for the ruffling part, which I thought was really cool. And I love, like, how rich and beautiful, like, the the costumes looked. And you could absolutely, like, they were so nice and pretty. And I really... Um, enjoy that. I also really like the colors and all the costumes, and I really think that they added a nice touch to the characters' personalities. You know, it definitely does look very unique, and it does look like they tailor them to each character, which I really like, and Disney is known to do that, so I'm glad they're able to continue that. And of course, something else very famous about the Nutcracker is the music, which has been famous for years and years and years. So how did this one do with the soundtrack of the film? Um, I think the music was alright. They definitely incorporated um, some of the music inside the film. Maybe they could have put 
little bit more music, but I kind of like the way that they left it because I felt like it was just enough to feel like you were watching the Nutcracker. Well, that's very good. And of course, another part of the Nutcracker is the dancing. And there's a lot of dancers listed in the credits if you look on IMDb. So what did you think about the dancing? Oh, wow. I love the dancing. And I also, I absolutely loved how the filmmakers decided to incorporate dance into this because I feel like watching the ballet for the Nutcracker is kind of a classic. So the just watching the film and seeing all the dances, they were beautiful and they were very well choreographed. And the dancers who were dancing to um, the ballet and everything, I felt like they also did a very, very good job. Like Missy Coupland, she was amazing dancing. And yeah, I really um, enjoyed it and it gave a nice touch to the whole film. Well, that's very good to hear. And yeah, as you said, this was originally a ballet, so it is difficult to kind of capture that feel of a ballet and all the glamour. And I'm glad they were able to achieve that. And uh, so out of all the scenes in this film, which one would you say would be your uh, favorite scene? Oh, my favorite scene. Wow. Um, Sorry, just all all the scenes in this film had lots of color and they were all very... Just amazing. I think I really liked it when Clara was with the Sugar Plum Fairy and the other people from the realms, and they were watching Missy Coupland dancing on top of the stage, a beautiful ballet. And I also really enjoyed seeing Sugar Plum in one of the scenes towards the end of the film, and she's kind of, I don't want to really spoil it, but she's really just, she took the show, I can say that. Well, that's, of course, very understandable. And uh, my next question for you is, how many stars would you give this film and why? I would give this film a four out of five stars because when you meet Mother Ginger in the beginning, she's a villain, but we don't know why she's a villain. She has a bad reputation, and I wish we could learn more about why everyone is so against her and why we all think that she is a villain because... She basically just says, yeah, um, she, the Mother Ginger, she is a villain and you don't want to go to the fourth realm because that's where she lives. But I wish we could know more about why she, um, why everyone thinks that she's so evil. But that was one of, like, the only things that I had wrong with this film, like, one of my only problems with this film. So... That's pretty much how to give it a four out of five stars. But other than that, I absolutely loved it. Well, that's very fair. That is a problem with these more fantastical, very classical stories is that they don't build characters a lot. And I'm sorry to say, see that this one also suffered from that problem. My last question for you, Zoe, on the Nutcracker in the Four Realms is what age range do you give this film? Um, I think I would give this film... Age range to four to sixteen, but I feel like parents would also really enjoy this film because of all the color and the sets were absolutely beautiful. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for talking to me about the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Thank you. It was nice having me. <laughs> Good. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and right now we just finished talking to Zoe about Nutcracker in the Four Realms. So we're going to keep talking to Zoe, but now we're going to switch gears, talk about Octonauts season two. So, Zoe, let's just start off. Can you tell us a a little bit about what Octonauts is, the show, and kind of what's so special about season two? Um, 
Well, I really loved everything. I loved how it was based on the ocean. I love the color palette. I feel like it was very relaxing. And um, I love the animation in this film. I felt like it was very good. And yeah. That's very good. And of course, like you said, this takes place in the ocean. That's the beautiful thing about Octonauts. And it's meant for kids. So was there any educational value from the show that parents could uh, have in mind? Yes, this series contains lots of information about the ocean. Each episode is basically based on a problem of the ocean, but as you go along, it kind of shares a nice, like, it's pretty much, it's, like, fun in an educational way, so you're learning while, like, you're having lots of fun watching the show. That's very good. And what did you think about the animation as well? Because this is, I believe, 2D or 3D animation. I did think that the animation was very well done. Um, I liked the whole look of this series. Um, I don't really have too much to say about the animation except that I really liked it. And it was, overall, it was pretty good. That's good. And would you say that you would like to see more seasons or episodes of uh, Octonauts? Absolutely. I I, do, I love this film. I, I mean, this series. A couple days ago, my uh, my friend, he came over and he was like, hey, can we watch Octonauts? So I I would love to see more of this because I feel like kids are, they it's really entertaining them. And I myself, I liked it. I thought it was very cute. And I did learn more things about the ocean. And I didn't really think since like I would like it that much. But I actually really enjoyed it. It was nice. It was pleasant. You know, I felt the same way a lot of about a lot of other kids' films I reviewed myself. You don't think you're going to really enjoy them because they are generally meant for the younger kids, but a lot of the times they are enjoyable for all ages, so I'm glad this one also fit that role. Speaking of all ages, what age range would you give this show? I would probably give um, maybe a three to an eight, but I feel also like parents who are watching this with their children that I feel like they're also going to enjoy it and I feel like themselves are going to learn stuff about the ocean which I really liked about this show that you learn so much from it but it's like fun and it's cool that's excellent to hear and my last question for you is how many stars do you give this show Mm, there was nothing bad about this show so I don't know why I want to give it a five out of five stars so Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5 stars because I really liked it. You learn a lot in a fun way, and it's just really entertaining, surprisingly. Well, this sounds like an excellent show for both the parents and the kids and any family. Zoe, thank you so much for talking to me about Octonaut Season 2. Thank you so much. It was awesome talking to you as well. Thank you. For our viewers, definitely check it out. It looks like a wonderful DVD, and it looks like it'll be a great addition to any entertainment collection. But let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And this week's show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just were talking about Nutcracker in the Four Realms, as well as Octonaut Season 2, and we are back with Zoe once again. We're going to be talking about the animated film, Ralph Breaks the Internet. So, Zoe, what did you like about this film? What did you dislike about this film? And what would you change about this film? Um, I think that this film was very well done. I don't think you need to see the first one to understand this one. Um, but it does not explain why Ralph and Vanellope are such good friends. Um, but that didn't bother me because I did see the first film. It's just if you didn't, I would recommend it before you see this one. Um... I don't know what I didn't like about this film. What, one of the things I did like was the animation because I love that you could see texture in the clothing and it. I just feel like they went... The, the animation was extremely well done. And um, I really like the story for this film. I felt like it was nice and I, I truly enjoyed this film. It does look like an amazing film, and something I want to know is that while the previous one had talked about a lot of retro video games from from classic arcades, this one is a lot more modern and talks about the internet and everything we know and love today about the internet. So, did you kind of like that twist where it talks about more modern subjects, or did you feel it didn't really fit in with the film? I actually really like that it talked about the internet, because in the first film, it's pretty much just all based on the arcade and just that. But here, I feel like it's nice that they talk about the internet because it gives something more to this film. It's not just like, yeah, I'm seeing the same old thing about the arcade and everything. It just, it's something new and exciting, and you don't know what's going to happen next, which I love about this film. That is definitely true, and there is a lot of different references to different things around the world and different things from Disney itself. So do, do you have a little kind of reference or Easter egg that they feature in the animated film? Oh, yes. I I love the princesses. They were amazing. I just, they, and it's not another thing like they were just in the film. I didn't feel like they were just there because they did have a true meaning in it when Vanellope enters Oh My Disney from in the internet. 
So it's not like you just see the princesses randomly around the internet, which I I liked because like they really did incorporate the princesses. I also liked the character Nosemore. He's like when you go to Google and you search something, and it gives you a bunch of results and what you can look at. And that's basically what Nosemore is, and I love that character. He was awesome. And I also heard that his eyes were hand-drawn, which I thought was really cool while everything else was animated. That is really unique. I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that. And I also want to mention the voice acting cast. It, there's some big names. We have uh, John C. Riley playing Ralph. We have Sarah Silverman playing Vanellope. We have Gal Gadot. We have Tarish P. P. Henson, sorry, Ed O'Neill, and a lot of other big names. So what did you think of the voice acting? I feel like the characters like Ralph and Vanellope, they they did an amazing job. You um like their voice, they it hasn't changed. It's pretty much the same as from just Wreck It Ralph originally. And I really liked that. And I also liked the new characters like yes, and I felt like her like character's voice was was very fitting to her character. And overall, I felt like the voice acting was very, very well done. And do you feel like, so this is the hardest question, of course, compared to the first one, which one is better, Wreck-It Ralph or Ralph Breaks the Internet? Well, I want to say Ralph Breaks the Internet because it it does talk about the arcade, but it's just maybe, in my opinion, it's a little bit more exciting than just Wreck-It Ralph. Because Wreck-It Ralph is a classic but you pretty much get the story here. It's like it talks about the arcade, but then it goes to this whole other world, the internet, and everyone uses the internet and they love it. And what could life be without the internet? Like it's awesome. So I feel like Ralph breaks the internet might be just Wreck It Ralph for multiple reasons. Also, the animation in this one I feel like is a little bit better than well, a lot better than the one in the, just Wreck It Ralph. So that's another thing I really liked about this film. It definitely is amazing just how much the animation can improve in such a short time because Reddit Ralph definitely isn't that old. It came out, what, three, four years ago? It's a pretty young film. And, of course, what age range would you give this film and how many stars would you give this film? Um, for age range, I think I would rate it for a, like, I feel like all kids would enjoy this, so maybe a four to... Uh, maybe 12, but also parents, they they would love this film, and I know everyone will enjoy The Princesses, I can say that, and I I absolutely love it, and I'm 10. I also think for the star rating, really, there was nothing wrong with this film that like really caught my attention or caught my eye. I don't think that I really spotted anything that bothered me, so I would definitely give this film a 5 out of 5 stars. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Ralph Breaks the Internet, Zoe. And to our audience, it looks like an amazing film. looks like a great follow-up to a previous amazing film. So definitely check it out. You are listening to Kids First Coming Traction today. We just finished talking about Ralph Breaks the Internet, and now we're going to switch gears and finish off the show talking to Sahiba about Little Wolf's Book of Badness. So, Sahiba, let's just get started. And for viewers who don't know about this, can you just talk a little bit about Little Wolf's Book of Badness, the history, and what it's about? Of course. So, um, Little Wolf's Book of Badness is originally a book, and it's been adapted into a film. And it's about Little Wolf, 
who apparently is not bad enough for his family. So they send him um, to his uncle, Uncle Big Bad, how to learn how to become a true big bad wolf. And so on his way, he's very upset and very nervous. Like, what's going to happen with Uncle Big Bad? And it's his journey and about how he learns to be a true bad wolf. Oh, this story sounds absolutely adorable. I love it already. Now, uh, first I want to ask, what is the animation style for this? Because it was a children's book with pictures, right? To the illustrated pictures. Yeah, and so I think they stayed very true to the pictures. They um, sort of incorporated the same art style in the book as they did in the film. And that's another um, aspect that made, I made it feel very special and very... Um, sort of cute and cozy um the animation it actually is um a little dark throughout the film probably because it is the book of badness but um it's very cute and um it also often reflects how he's feeling um for example sometimes it's really dark on his journey and he's scared and then it's raining but when things start to clear up in the book and also in little wolf's mind he everything's a little lighter and it's less dark and more um, colorful. So they did a very good job with the animation and it was very um, cute and um, adorable. It definitely sounds and I'm really glad they incorporated the animation like that because a lot of people, they just use animation as a medium and not really an art form, which it definitely can be. And I'm really happy to see that they did that. Now, it does sound like it is a children's film. So... What do you think the age range is? Do you think it's appropriate for all ages? Yeah, I think it is appropriate for all ages. Well, the only thing is that the ending is a little very unexpected. And it could maybe shock um, very, very young audiences. But it's still a very kid-friendly book. And I think maybe from ages 5 to 15, um, I actually really enjoyed it, and I think I could watch it again and again because it's it's a very fun and actually surprisingly unexpected um, in film. So I, I really loved it, and I think younger ages would definitely enjoy it as well. Well, I kind of want to watch it just to see what the ending is. Now... Uh, <laughs> I think what parents are wondering about, because it is a kid's film, is there any moral or messages that they can be aware of that may help them make a decision if they should see this film or not? Yeah, um, the message is, well, not very obvious. It is um, actually that goodness will always outshine darkness. And it's very funny because Little Wolf, little wolf is learning how to be bad and so it's sort of an ironic message but little wolf is by nature a very very kind and sweet wolf so um this outshines uncle big bad and all the very horrible things he's been teaching um little wolf and so i don't think that parents should worry um because at this end, um, I remember there was a song that played that if you want to be bad, be good. And so I think that stuck in my head for a really, really long time. And I think children who um, will watch it will also remember that. Yeah, this really sounds like great quality. But our last few questions for you, Sahiba, is what age range do you give this film and how many stars? Um, so I give this film uh, four out of five stars just because the 
uh, of the ending again. Um, I think it could be a little disturbing, but um, I would definitely recommend it for ages t- uh, 5 to 15 because I really enjoyed it. And I think people of all ages could have a really fun time and a good laugh uh, watching this. Well, this sounds absolutely amazing. I really want to check this out. It sounds like such an enjoyable experience, even though I am a little bit older than the age range. Sahiba, thank you so much for talking to me about this film. Thank you for having me. Of course. To our viewers, thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can become part of the Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back. I wish everybody a happy week and happy holidays. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles. Thanks for listening. for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.